Welcome back, Irish fans, to Breaking Out Braves Boys podcast. Today I'm with Adam Jardy from the Columbus Dispatch talking about OSU versus Notre Dame tomorrow. It'll be out today, I guess, is when you'll see it. But thank you, Mr. Jardy, for coming on. And uh, let's get to the game. Sure. Thanks for having me. So to start, I guess we'll just ask you, um, can you give me an overview on all five starters for OSU and kind of what they bring to the table? Sure. The, the starting point guard, C.J. Walker, he's a fifth-year college player. He transferred in from Florida State, um, actually grew up, spent most of his uh, years growing up in, in Indianapolis. Um, but he's a real solid, gritty, um, experienced player. Like uh, Chris Holman has said often that this team will go as far as C.J. Walker will take them. He's a critical part of their offense and their defense, even though he's not really a scorer. Uh, he does score. He gets guys in position. Um, he's, he's, he really just runs the engine um, at both ends. Uh, the, the two guards, Dwayne Washington Jr., he's a junior. He's a guy that uh, likes to shoot. Um, is one of the highest um, offensive usage rates in college basketball. Um, they're still working on him as far as being more efficient and maybe a better understanding of good shot versus bad shot. But uh, he likes his offense. Uh, he's gotten better defensively. And he started to do more um, more on the ball. They don't have a lot of guards on this roster, so he can handle the one, but more of a two guard. Um, and then this year they've got Justice Suing, who's a transfer from Cal, who sat out last season. Uh, but he's a so he's a fourth year junior. Uh, he's he's their best scorer. I believe he's leading them in scoring right now. Um, very talented player. Really good at getting to the rim, drawing contact, uh, getting to the line. He's definitely, like I said, he's their best player he's odds on favorite maybe to be a leading scorer him or Dwayne Washington and then you've got EJ Liddell at the four he's a sophomore uh two-time Mr. Basketball in Illinois uh which puts him in very rare air I think he's only the second player to ever do that uh, he's a more of a low post threat but they've asked him to sort of expand his game got a nice sort of mid-range jumper has taken some threes he's not super proficient at that yet but uh, really kind of growing into a more pronounced role as a sophomore, um, playing with a lot more power than, than he did as a freshman and kind of stepping into a bigger role. He was a, a backup primarily last year for Caleb Weston and Kyle Young, but now he's playing starters minutes. And then Kyle Young is essentially the five. This isn't really a team that has a true uh, center necessarily in the roster, but uh, I guess you would classify Kyle as the five. Um, he's just sort of an all-around uh, energetic gritty type of player he's had some injuries um the last two years that have really limited his playing time but um gets a lot of offensive rebounds very active on the glass uh, a lot of fun to watch he's the kind of guy that like if he's on your team you really like him and if you're uh if he's not on your team you, he kind of gets on your nerves because he just makes a lot of things happen with hustle and energy uh, but he's for all intents and purposes he's the five on this roster gotcha so this seems like a I've watched a little bit on them. Seems like a pretty physical team with a lot of well-built guys, kind of the opposite of Notre Dame. But is there anything like schematically unique they do? Is it like a slow-paced offense, fast-paced, certain defense they run? Uh, they, they play man-to-man. Um, that's been sort of a staple under Chris Holton. He's not a big fan of, of, of zone. Um, and it's, it's, a big, it's a big question mark about this year's team because last year they were among the best in, in the nation uh, defensively. They always have been under Chris Holman. They're generally a top 20 defense uh, every year. And this year, I mean, they're replacing uh, their top on-ball defender in Luther Muhammad, who transferred to Arizona State. 
uh, their top uh, uh, wing defender in, in Andre Wesson, who was a senior. And then uh, Caleb Wesson was actually one of the better rim protectors in, in college basketball. Ohio State's defensive two-point field goal percentage last year was, was really good. And this year, they have to figure out a lot as far as some of those new roles. Um, so defensively, I mean, they, they play hard um, and they try to be physical and use their size. They don't have, like, like guys. I mean, they, they basically start the three, four, five guys are all between 6'5 and 6'7 or 6'8. They don't really have, like, a, a Caleb Weston, I think, was listed at 6'9. You normally think of having a big guy that's, like, 6'10, somewhere around there. But they don't have, like, height necessarily. But they do have a lot of dudes who are pretty strong and, and like to play physical. You kind of have to be that way in the Big Ten. Offensively, they're still trying to figure some things out because you had – a guy in Caleb Weston who was your go-to player on offense for the last two years. And now you have guys stepping into new roles. And um, it, it, I wouldn't say the offense looks drastically different yet, but um, they're, they're still, you, you've got guys stepping into different, you know, stepping into different things. They're at, they've asked some guys to expand their games. And I think they're still very much a, a work in progress, uh, especially at the offensive end right now. Well, that's good to hear because uh, Notre Dame's played some really, really good defensive teams to start out with Michigan state. And then, Detroit Mercy, who is sneaky good defensively. So good to hear they're kind of a work in progress on both ends. So I guess that kind of segues into what do you think their biggest strength is and their biggest weakness going into this game? Um, let's see, I, I would say biggest weakness is, um, like I said, still trying to figure out pieces. I, I think this is a team that has a lot of really interesting players and it does have a really talented core group of guys who are back. But you have a lot of guys – who are new to each other. Um, so I, I think that that's probably the biggest weakness right now is just kind of figuring out some of those things. They haven't shot the ball well from three. That's been um, an issue for them. They were uh, in game, their second game of the season, they were four of 18. And then um, in their most recent game last Wednesday, uh, they ended up, I believe it was, um, uh, they, they got off to a, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it was a really poor start. And then they made, they made like five of their last six to, I think, finish 10 of 26. So until that point, they were like five of 20. Uh, so they had a really bad um, sort of three and a half quarter um, halves of, of shooting. So that's, that's not proven to be a strength for them yet. Um, they're really talented at getting to the line. They're among the nation's best at drawing fouls and, and getting the free throw line. They're shooting a lot of free throws. Um, so they're, they're, they're very good at that. And, um, and defensively, they have made some things really tough for their opponents, but it's it's hard really right now to have a good gauge in this Ohio State team. because I mean, they've played three teams, and they're all low major teams. I mean, they've played Illinois State, UMass, Lowell, and Moorhead State. So I think I think it, it's hard to draw some very big, sweeping conclusions about this team so far because they just haven't – this will be a real good test for them. Mm -hmm. For sure. It sounds like it'll be a big test for sure and a great opportunity for Notre Dame to kind of – get out on a team who hasn't really played any competition yet. But uh, I also wanted to ask you kind of, this wasn't really what I had at the beginning, but I thought of it. How big is uh, OSU's rotation? I'm sure Notre Dame wants, fans want to hear this after what we saw last night. Um, I would say that right now in a tight game, now that they were pushed um, in their second game this season against UMass Lowell, um, they were trailing in the second half and needed a comeback. Uh, and they ended up winning by 10, but it wasn't a double-digit game until the last minute. And in that second half, it was a seven-man rotation um, with uh, the only two guys off the bench were uh, um, 
uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Jimmy Sotos, who's a guard, who's a transfer from Bucknell. Um, he played a little bit. And uh, freshman Zed Key, who's a, a backup center. Uh, those were their only two reserves in the second half. What will be interesting is I think this game will mark the debut for Seth Pounds. And he's a, an incredibly talented player. He's a Columbus native. He went to Harvard, was an Ivy League player of the year as a sophomore, um, but hasn't played the last two seasons with knee injuries. And it sounds like, I mean, he's going to be a game-time decision. I think he would have played had they hosted Alabama A&M on Saturday. That game was canceled uh, after a positive COVID test in their program. But I think Seth Towns is likely to play in this game. And so that, that expands the rotation a little bit. But I would say that in ideal circumstances, the rotation with Seth Towns probably goes 90. Wow. That, I mean, it's good to hear they went seven. But uh, I don't know if you know this, but against Detroit Mercy last night, Notre Dame was 60. So it's obviously not ideal to face a team with a big rotation. But Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it, if you have six guys who are really talented, there is an Ohio State team been about 10 years now under Thad Mata where basically four of the five starters played 38 to 39 minutes a game. And it's, I mean, if you've got that kind of talent, if you can avoid foul trouble, which I know Notre Dame has been very good at, you know, that certainly is important. Um, and, and it can work. You just, you got to avoid foul trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're giving us a little too much credit there. I don't necessarily think it's because of who we have. It's just kind of a issue of, we don't really have anything. We had eight players. So I'm, yeah. yeah, we're not, we're not great with depth right now. So OSU could definitely take advantage of that. But, um, which player on uh, OSU do you think Notre Dame fans should be worried about heading into this game? Uh, I would be worried about Dwayne Washington. Um, he's a guy that seems to, to live in these big moments or in these big games. When I think back to – I mean, as a freshman he played, he wasn't a, a necessarily a featured uh, part of the offense. But especially last season when he kind of forced his way into the equation a little bit more as a sophomore, early in the season he had big games. They blew out Villanova early last season, and he was instrumental in that. They went to North Carolina and dominated the Tar Heels. We know that the Tar Heels weren't that good last season, but um, they still went there and won. He was huge in that game. I think he likes these kinds of these kinds of stages, and I think that the the chance to to play against a high major team for the first time, I'm interested to see how he handles that. So I would expect I'd expect you're going to see uh, a lot of Dwayne Washington, um, which could be good or could be bad. Um, depends on if his shots are going in and if he's if he's forcing too many things, but. He would be the he'd be one guy and justice suing because like I said he's he's really proven himself to be uh, a really talented scorer he's a lot of fun to watch um, good at driving the lane uh, I'll be interested to see uh, against a Notre Dame team that doesn't go very deep can he get some guys into foul trouble can can Ohio State force Notre Dame to foul them because I think that could be a real important part of this game gotcha definitely gonna look out for them but um I know you've you can't really get a great grip on them because they haven't played too many great teams yet. But do you think OSU's national ranking is fair or too high or low for now? Um, I think it's probably fair right now because you have to assume that um, Chris Holtman's track record is he's going to get the best out of his guys. He's going to get the most out of them. And they, whether this team ends up being uh, an upper echelon Big Ten team or not, I think they will play hard defensively and that will give them a lot of opportunities to win games. Um, and they, I do think, and sorry, ACC fans, I, I love ACC basketball and I grew up watching ACC basketball as much as I watched the Big Ten, but I do think the Big Ten is the best conference this season. And I think that will put that ranking uh, to the test. I don't know if they'll stay ranked all season, um, but 
I, I think I, I think it's fair right now, just because I mean they're they're three and zero and they've got a lot of talented pieces, and you got to think that their best basketball is ahead of them. Mm-hmm. For sure, definitely not a great year for Notre Dame to schedule three Big Ten teams. Like you said, I think they might be the best conference right now, but I agree with that uh, to an extent. But um, what's your biggest concern heading into this game? You seem decently confident in OSU. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would say confident. Um, I don't know how they're going to react um, going on the road. I don't know what it looks like if you if you put uh, Seth Towns in the rotation. How does that impact things? Who loses minutes because of that? What does Seth look like? I mean, this if he plays, it will be his first game in more than a thousand days. So, what kind of rust is he shaking off, and and how does that impact you um, playing against a higher level opponent? I mean, Ohio State, like I said, was pushed basically to the wire by a UMass Lowell team that's in the two two hundred somewhere in um, in the KenPom.com national rankings. Notre Dame is going to be a significant step up from that. And I think that um, when you are playing a team that is really good, at least at this point, at not fouling, um, that's been a real strength for Ohio State is getting to the line. So if they don't get to the line and if shots don't fall, it could be a tough go for them. Um, I don't think we know enough about this Ohio State team to accurately. Like, I think any Ohio State fan that tells you they know exactly what they're going to get on Tuesday night or that they think they're Ohio, that Ohio State's definitely going to win, I, I, I would not go – that far um i mean i expect them to be competitive and i expect it to be a good game um but i don't know beyond that just yet and i'm still making up my mind on this team gotcha i think that's definitely fair for now um but this one isn't necessarily like a a matchup or thing about the game in general but uh, i know dane goodwin has a big background with ohio state originally committed there and i saw he follows you on twitter so i think you'd be qualified to talk about him what was kind of his reputation around Ohio, and um, what do you really, what do you really remember about him as a commit? Well, I actually saw Dane Goodwin as a junior play against uh, Caleb Wesson as a senior in one of the most high-level high school basketball games I've ever seen, and they they pulled Upper Arlington pulled off the upset of Westerville South. It was a big, big win, and Dane was spectacular. And you watch that game at the time they were both committed to Ohio State. You watch that game and you, Ohio State was going through a really rough stretch. It ended up being Thad Mata's last season. But you could look at that and, and project why things were headed in a positive direction. Why, you know, I thought that Thad Mata would get the chance to, to turn things around because uh, Dane looked every bit like a, a really, really talented college, future college player and Caleb the same way. Um, so he, there was a lot of expectations and a lot of hopes for him. And he was committed to Ohio State for a long time. Um, but then ultimately when, when Thad was, was fired, you know, he decides to reopen his recruitment. And, um, you know, he, he, he considered Ohio State, but he really liked what sort of feel, what sort of fit he found at Notre Dame. So I actually spoke with Dane on Friday night for a story that will be running. It should be on BuckeyeExtra.com on Tuesday afternoon. Um, but just about the, the transition and the process and why he's, he's fitted so well at Notre Dame. And he, I mean, he loves it there. And he said, you know, he still has relationships with some of the players on Ohio State's roster and the coaching staff that recruited him. But, um, you know, he, he obviously like, you know, feels good about his, his situation and what he's been able to do at Notre Dame. And um, you know, I'm very excited to get to see him in person because I really liked his game in high school and was really excited to watch him at Ohio State. So I think Notre Dame got a really good one there. Yeah, for sure. It's good to get some insight from a non-Notre Dame person about him, too. But we're definitely glad that uh, they fired their coach, so 
we couldn't land him. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of all we got for him. I don't know if I really buy the revenge game thing for either side. I don't know about you, but I don't yeah. think there's really bad blood. No, I, I don't. I wouldn't say there's bad blood there. Um, you know, it's, it's not like Chris Holtman was the coach that he committed to and then decided that you know to back out or anything like that. Um, and, and Dane actually, he said that you know he was. He was looking forward to the opportunity maybe to get to play Ohio State someday, and he said he would have liked if it would have been like his senior year, they would have drawn each other, and he would have got to play in Columbus like as a senior. He thought that would have been cool. But he liked the opportunity to, to go somewhere else and to kind of build his, his name and, and to get an opportunity uh, at a different school. I mean, Ohio State is basically in his backyard. I mean, Upper Arlington is very close to campus, and, um, you know, there was – you know, you, there's something to be said for playing right in your backyard and for having that opportunity. And there's something to be said for wanting to go away and, and make your name somewhere else. I mean, like, you know, lots of people choose either of those options and Dane's obviously not a good fit. For sure. What do you think Ohio State has to do to beat Notre Dame tomorrow night? I think they have to get to the line. Uh, I think they have to hit some shots because uh, it would be, it'd be really beneficial for them to see some, some threes go in. I think they're a better shooting three-point team than what we've seen this season. I don't know that they're as elite as they were last year. I mean, they did lose uh, their two best three-point shooters in the Wesson brothers. So there's, there's some, there, you got to make that up somewhere and they've struggled with that a little bit, but I think, you know, you got to make shots. I think you got to get to the line and I think they've got to be connected defensively because uh, this team is still kind of, like I said, figuring out some roles at that end of the court. And I think that if they're connected and if they're able to handle um, being on the road together for the first time, um, I, I think that would obviously go a long way. I don't know how much the whole like being on the road will really matter. I mean, I understand that um, parents of the players are allowed to watch the games, but I say it hasn't played in front of fans yet, like anything that's been um, until at least like the end of December, there's Ohio state has made a decision. Like you can't have any fans at any of the games. So um, not that it's going to be a true hostile environment, but it's at least a different, different gym, different place. I'm curious. They got to handle all that and just, just kind of being away from home for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting perspective. I don't think we would have heard that any other year really, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just such a weird year in college basketball. I mean, watching Notre Dame play at Michigan state was, was a surreal experience because I've, covered a number of games at the Breslin Center. It's one of my favorite places to see a game, and it's loud, and it's packed, and people are, I mean, when you go to the Breslin Center, like, the fans are right on you. You can barely walk around the court because it's just everything is so compact, and to see it on TV where there's nobody there and there's all this space, it felt very jarring to me, and so I'm, I'm interested to see what it's going to be like to be at an away game for the first time this year. I've I mean, covering a game with a few fans as opposed to no fans. It's, it's a surreal year for college basketball. Mm -hmm. For sure. I don't think it'll be too much different in uh, Joy Center because we don't draw a whole lot of fans anyway a lot of the time. But uh, <laughs> it'll be good for you to be there for sure. I'm excited to check a new arena, a new arena off the list. I, I love getting to see different places in college basketball. It's one, of, it's one of my favorite parts of the job. I love getting to see new arenas. For sure. I'm pretty jealous of you about that one, going to see Notre Dame play. But before we let you go, I just want to get your prediction for the game. Maybe just give me, like, a score range. I know it's hard to give, like, 80 to 70 or whatever. But um, I would say it'll be somewhere, I think, somewhere low 70s to upper 60s. And 
I'm not sure who's going to win, but I think it'll be probably close. I say somewhere between like a six to eight, maybe maybe four to eight point final margin. For sure. I think that would that would be a really good game after Notre Dame's kind of had two tough ones. Uh, well, not tough ones, but two kind of easily decided games. So looking and a forward lot, to that. And a lot of games canceled. I mean, they've had a tough go in the – you know, in the early part of the schedule. I mean, just trying to get games in, I think that's, you know, that's such a, an interesting wrinkle to the college basketball season, just trying to stay resilient and being able to handle when a game gets canceled. Can you be ready for the next one? And that's Ohio State's in that boat right now, too. They're supposed to play on, Sun, or on Saturday. That game gets canceled. How did, Can they use that? Can, can they respond from that? I'm, I'm interested. There's a lot of lots that's going into this game. I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Definitely. So if that's all you got, I think I can just let you go. Uh, hopefully we can see a close game tomorrow like we both think. But that's kind of all I have. If you have anything else, tell Notre Dame fans. I'm just, I'm just happy there's college basketball. Every time there's a game, I think we need to thank the basketball gods for it. We need to embrace it and just get through the season. And hopefully we're, hopefully we're back to normal soon. But just enjoy the fact we've got college all basketball. Right, so now we've heard from Adam Jordy about Ohio State and what they can bring to the table and challenge Notre Dame with. Uh, I brought Jake on to kind of help me recap Detroit Mercy. And we're also going to go over our keys to the game, prediction, matchup to watch, stuff that we do every episode. So welcome on, Jake. And I guess we'll ask you first, what are your thoughts on the Detroit Mercy game initially? Um, you know, a win's a win. Uh, they won by what, 9-11 or something like nine yeah. to like 10, 11 points like that. I mean, you know, that's, I think that's a fair amount for what I think can be a tournament team for sure out of the uh, Horizon League. Uh, I wish it would have been a little bit more dominant at times, but I also did see a lot of what I'm looking for this season. So you can't really complain. It was a good win. It wasn't perfect by any means, like last year's win against them. But uh, Hub got some points on. I mean, Leszewski is continuing to really impress the season. Uh, Goodwin did well. He's getting some boards this season. I mean, who would have thought he has, he'd get nine boards a game at this point? I mean – you know, I think Leszewski is really looking like our best player of the season. Uh, I know I mentioned him as one of the three candidates, but I really thought he was like the least likely of the three to be our best player. But it looks he looks really good. Um, you know, uh, what I need them to work on, I probably need to be a little bit better defensively. Um, they had no bench production. I mean, Tony Sanders looked kind of good, but he played 15 minutes. Zona barely played. I mean, if they have no depth in the front court, you know, that's going to be a problem. So I don't know where they go from that. But, you know, overall, I'm pleased, pleased with the win. Agreed. I'm really happy with what I saw. I didn't get to watch the first couple minutes. Uh, I heard Zona did not look great, but I was only able to watch the condensed game. So I didn't really see ins and outs of what he was doing. But the bench has got to be better. I think we're on the way to the bench coming back, though, with Jogo. He'll be back maybe Saturday. Carmody's going to be potentially back later this month. Hopefully words can come back late December, early January, whatever. But uh, that could be a strength at some point. Really happy with what I saw with Leszewski also. And I thought this was a really well-coached game by Bray, dropping into that zone, the 1-3-1 to screw with Davis, the 2-3. It just seemed like it really got him out of his rhythm. Obviously, that a lot of it was on him not having a big night. But I think – with the defenders we have on this team, we did a really good job on him specifically, even if we didn't do a great job defending as a team. But, um, yeah, that's kind of what I have 
for that. I mean, we just can't we can't sustain with Prentice Hub and Cormac Ryan playing 40 minutes a game. What did Cormac play? Like 38, Hub played 40. So you, I don't think you can really have that. Yeah. But I liked what I saw from the big guys. Really exploited that height advantage down low and athleticism advantage, frankly. But really liked what I saw there. Any other thoughts on Detroit Mercy before we get into Ohio State? Yeah, I think that sums it up well. Gotcha. So I guess we'll go into Ohio State now. We just talked to Adam Jardy about the game. So Jake and I will give our kind of rundown on it. So for the keys to the game, my first one is run the zone effectively. Bray kind of touched on last night that he really was leaning on the zone with such a short bench to kind of preserve the guy's legs. So I think that's going to be huge. And against an Ohio State team that loves to get to the basket and draw fouls, I think running a zone is going to make that a lot harder on them. And Ohio State's not that great of a three-point shooting team. I was looking at their percentages from three. And 50, 36, 16, 0, 25, 0, 12, 0, 0, 0. So it's, it doesn't seem like a great team early on from three. seemed like they really struggled from deep. And as a team, they're shooting a little over 30%. So I think you really want to force them to take bad shots beyond the arc instead of letting them get to the basket and do what they're really good at. So, Jake, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good um, angle to look at it from for this game. Gotcha. And then my second one, Adam Jardy was touching on that Ohio State loves to go to the basket and draw fouls, uh, and that could be really, really awful for Notre Dame down the stretch with a six-man rotation. Um, if Durham and Leshesky get in foul trouble, what did Durham have four at one point last night late in the game, and Leshesky had two – in like the first five minutes so yeah he did that was bad yeah you cannot have that happen this time um unless you want zona playing extended minutes which is possible maybe detroit mercy was just a bad matchup for him or whatever maybe they were trying to switch him on to guards which he doesn't do very well but i think you gotta keep the big man on the floor stay out of foul trouble um and hopefully well not hopefully keep it to a six-man rotation but don't force Bray to go 7-8 deep tomorrow night. So that's what I got for the second key. And then the third one, rebound. Ohio State's a really physical team down low. And against a physical team down low like MSU, Notre Dame got bodied on the boards. I think they got out-rebounded by like 12. So that's really awful. Um, cannot have that happen against Ohio State. But that's what I have for the keys. Jake, do you have anything else or – Anything to add on to either of those? I mean, you know, uh, if – um, I know they have, you know, Sep Towns, you know, maybe coming back. I mean, he's probably got to be the best player if he plays. Um, uh, you know, it's definitely – I mean, it's a ranked team. It's a, it's, it's a tough matchup for sure. But, you know, I, I do also think it's absolutely a, a winnable one. I mean, you can – I mean, they've played – these teams before. I mean, they haven't really been tested this season. We're their first test for sure. You know, I'm not saying we're better, but Illinois State, UMass Lowell, Moorhead State, I mean, those aren't really, you know. So maybe we can, since we played Michigan State, we kind of know how to go better into this. But, I mean, we'll see. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful. I'm looking forward to the game. Yeah, for sure. 
UMass Lowell definitely gave him a fight too, so that's encouraging. But um, my matchup to watch is going to be Leshesky and Durham versus Liddell and Kyle Young. Um, they, Notre Dame, once again, has a big height advantage down low. I don't know if they have the physicality advantage uh, like we did against Detroit Mercy, but I think there's definitely something there, 6'10 and 6'11 versus 6'8 and 6'7. So I think we could really exploit that. Um, maybe get Durham in the post a little bit. Leshesky looked like he was posting up a bit too, so I think that could be huge if we can really take advantage of that matchup and if those two guys can be big on the boards also. But um, heading into the leading score prediction, I'm going to go with Prentice Hub for this one. I don't really see a standout bad defender on uh, OSU, so I'm going to go with Hub. I don't. I think OSU is going to have a tough time defending him, um, but it's also possible he comes out sluggish after playing 40 minutes on Sunday. Jake, who do you think your leading score is going to be for this one? Yeah. Um, I can see him being Leshesky. I mean, they don't really, they don't really, you know, have height. So I think that's something we could definitely exploit. I think he's going to continue what he's done in the season. Um, you know who I would love to see lead the team in scoring? Cormac Ryan. Go ahead and show us what you're made of, what the hype was about. That would be, you know, that would be very good in my opinion. Agreed. I was almost going to pick Cormac for this one, but I think Hub's almost the safe pick at this point for leading scorer. I don't know if he was last night, but I'm, I know he was against MSU. So I think he's a safe pick there. But my prediction, I'm going to go Notre Dame by four. I don't think OSU is going to be able to keep up with us after the teams they've played and a team they struggled with in UMass Lowell. So I think Notre Dame by four. It's definitely going to be a challenge, though, with the way Ohio State beats you up down low physically and all over their physical team drawing fouls. I think this could go very poorly if our guys get in foul trouble early and we have to lean on Sanders, Zona, and Morgan a lot. But I think Notre Dame by four, assuming everything goes as planned. Jake, what's your prediction for this one? I'm going to go with Ohio State with by someone under 10 points. I think it will be – Notre Dame will definitely be, give it a good go. But, I mean, uh, it's I'm at see it when I – believe it when I see a point with Notre Dame beating a uh, ranked team. I think, you know, they can compete with them. They can take it down to the wire. They did it so many times last year. But until they get that W, I mean, you know, you can't really give them the benefit of the doubt, sadly, I would say. Mm -hmm. I think that's the first time we've disagreed on a score in a while. But I don't know. I think I think they find a way to get this one done. Ohio State's definitely tough. But I think if we're going to beat a ranked team, I think it's either Ohio State or Kentucky, to be honest. So this is the week. I think you have to go one and one this week at least, maybe 2-0. But that's what I got for this one. If you got anything else, or if not, we can just uh, end it off and go watch the game later tonight. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think that's, that's good. All right. Sounds Talk good. to you guys later. Go Irish. Peace.